0: Church of Illness. I'm Matthew Steinfeld, and welcome to all of our guests who are here this morning. It's great to have you with us. One more Sunday, we're, we're, um, Jenny and I are leaving in 10 days on the 23rd, and um, we'll have time to say goodbye again, but um, I just wanted to say that it's been a true privilege to be uh, leading the church, and we have been truly blessed being here getting to know all of you. It's been uh, a great pleasure and, uh, as I said, a privilege of ours. So thank you. Asta, thank you so much for playing and for your kindness as, as, you, as you've been our organist as well. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. May God hear us this morning and be pleased by our worship. Praise, Praise be to our God. Our first hymn this morning can be found in the blue hymnal, hymn 412, or 412, Be Thou My Vision.
1: in Christ let us draw near to God our Father with a true heart to confess our sins and ask him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to forgive us most merciful God we confess that we have sinned against you in thought word and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone we have not loved you with our whole heart we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves we are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name, amen. May the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sins and restore us in his image to the praise and glory of his name, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Blessed is the Lord, for he has heard the voice of our prayer. Therefore shall our hearts dance for joy, and in our song will we praise our God.
0: Our responsive reading this morning comes from Psalm 111. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Our second hymn this morning is number 78, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
2: Please be seated for our readings. The first reading is from the first book of Kings, chapter 2 and 3. So Solomon sat on the throne of his father David, and his rule was firmly established. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I am only a little child, and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people, and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you've asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honour, so that in your lifetime, you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me, and keep my decrees and commands, as David your father did, I will give you long life. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading from the Epistle to Ephesians, chapter five. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. And the Gospel is taken from uh, John's Gospel, Chapter 6. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life." life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day, for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the Living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me Will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. This is the gospel of Christ. To
0: you, Christ. Thank you, Nick. This passage in Ephesians 5, which the sermon will be based on probably recognized it because we've used it as a benediction. A benediction is a good saying. It's a Latin word, double word. A good saying upon someone, it's a, it's a well-wish, it's something... Um, it typically involves a blessing, but it also involves some type of challenge to be something, to do something, to leave maybe a worship service and to live in a certain way. And that is exactly why we use this particular passage sometimes as a benediction, because it is a blessing, but it is also a statement about how to live. There's a couple things that I wanna talk about that I think that are in this passage. Three things, actually. One is our spiritual mindfulness shows our maturity. Second, our words and thoughts display our worship, and our actions reveal our hope. Our spiritual mindfulness shows our maturity, our words and thoughts display our worship, and our actions reveal our hope. He starts in verse 5, Paul, verse 15. He says, Be careful. Now, I think a lot of us come from traditions where we have this mentality that God is watching, and so we need to be very, very careful about how we live. Because if we mess up, the wrath of God will come swiftly down upon us. But this actually means be watchful, be observant, spiritual mindfulness. Be careful how you live. And it's interesting that this is, uh, this is a, a metaphor, this is a way that, that Jesus often spoke. It's translated, live, but it's about how you walk, how you walk about your day, how you live, how you carry yourself amongst people. That's why uh, you might have heard the phrase, the Christian walk or the Christian life. It's, it's, it's playing off of this phrase, how you walk. Be watchful for how you walk or be careful about how you live. Why? Because not just because God is watching you, but because people around you can be affected by the way that you live. And he says, be careful or watch how you walk about the earth, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. The word philosophy, the love love of wisdom. suggests that the way we walk as Christians should be based on this skill or something that we've learned, wisdom that we've become aware of from God, that we've learned or we've been trained in some type of skill based on what Jesus has done, and therefore it should inform the way we walk about our day as believers. But it has a a purpose. It's not just to do it because that's what's the right thing to do. But he says in verse 16, because it makes the most of every opportunity. Every opportunity that we have to walk amongst people, we have the opportunity to either give them a benediction, a good word, a blessing. Or we can use that opportunity to enrich ourselves, to make ourselves and higher esteem, or to take advantage of other people. Our spiritual mindfulness shows our maturity. Making the most of every opportunity has this... It's used in other ways, too, in the New Testament in, in regard to a rediscovery or redemption of something. To redeem is to maybe pay money and to get something back that used to be in danger or or something that was out of place, but you've redeemed it. You've brought it back to its true self or its true entity. Making the most of every opportunity is rediscovering or redeeming maybe time in the past that you messed up, that you wasted or it may be in the present time. It may be some scenario that you're in that you know is toxic, or you know it's bad, or you know that it's it's not good, at least. But the way you live changes it. The way you live redeems that moment from evil. So watch, be careful, Paul says. Be mindful of how you walk because you may walk into a situation where you're needed to be the light of Christ, redeeming moments, times, and seasons, maybe in the past, making up for, not in terms of your goodness before God, but taking advantage of the opportunities that you have now, that you've seen the wisdom of God. Because, he says, the days are evil. The days that we live in are evil. And who else is going to be mindful of this path of Christ if not us? Our spiritual mindfulness shows our maturity. If we are not spiritually mindful of the things around us or how we live, then we are immature. Therefore, don't be foolish. Don't be foolish or against wisdom. But understand, verse 17, what is the Lord's will... And you might have heard, if you, if you are ever in any Christian circles, you've probably heard the phrase, the Lord's will, and you've probably wondered what that is. Maybe it's the Lord's will for your life, or the Lord's will for some scenario. And let me tell you that it's near impossible to figure out what the future holds, if not completely impossible. So many people think about the Lord's will as the future. I need to know the future and meet God to where He's... Going to be in order that I'm in the right place at the right time. The question is, what does the future hold? I need to know what God's will is. And so we looked at different things to maybe get us signs, or we looked at the stars or, or horoscopes or whatever it is that people do to try to figure out the future. But notice that. Understanding what the Lord's will is less about knowing what the future holds and more about what should I be. What is the Lord's will for me? What do I know about what God has said through Christ about my life to answer this question? Is it do I need to know the future or is it more how can I live like Jesus to where God's will or what he would have for the world is accomplished through me? if I'm aware of what's going on around me. Understand what the Lord's will is, or consider, or perceive, understand, perceive in the moment what God would do if Christ was present in this moment as a person walking amongst these people. It's not some mystery that we have to discern, but rather a state of being. How we're spiritually mindful of this reveals our maturity. Don't get drunk on wine, verse 18. This seems like a, a little bit out of left field, like, a, like just a kind of a random command that comes that's off topic, but it's not. You see, too, when people get drunk, they often are looking for a way to escape their Current circumstances, the current circumstances that they find themselves in, whether it's stress or a bad relationship, or or maybe it's just bad feelings. But notice that's the exact opposite of being watchful or mindful about how we are spiritually thinking or hoping, that when we get drunk on wine, and it may not be necessarily alcohol, but it may be something else, some way to escape, to cloud our minds, to free ourselves. He says don't get drunk on wine, but Maybe we should be working through these things, remembering the blessings that God's given us. Now, this isn't a topic change, because he says, which leads to debauchery. Drinking heavily to, to escape or to get drunk and to cloud your own mind leads to debauchery. And debauchery is a source or a type of wastefulness, Notice that he said earlier in verse 16, make the most of every opportunity, redeem things, get them back from wastefulness, get them back from the things that ruin them. But when we cloud our minds and live in a way that's maybe for pleasure, we waste the moment, Paul says. Debauchery is a waste. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, the ancient Greeks, for example, would have infamous drinking parties, and they would give libations, they would give toasts, they would pour out some alcohol for maybe a deity or a friend that was killed in the recent uh, a war or battle. A friend that was not able to attend, they would pour out a little bit. They would waste some of their alcohol that they could have used to get drunk, but they waste it in honor of a fallen friend or some type of God. Now think about that. Think about the, the, the imagery that Paul is saying. He's saying, don't be wasteful when you drink or get drunk. Don't waste the moments, but instead be filled. Don't, don't pour out your time and your energy in things that are wasteful, but be filled with the Spirit. Fulfilled as well. That there's great hope and blessing and transformation when we are mindful of the spiritual needs of ourselves and other people and we don't chase the things that are emptying of ourselves, of our souls that bring us pain, this is just an example of, alco- of, of strong alcohol. Don't waste it. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Our spiritual mindfulness shows our maturity. Second, our words and thoughts display our worship. How we think, how we speak, it displays what we worship. He says, speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, which is verse 19. This is, this is what we use as a benediction. Now, does that mean that we go around singing lyrics to each other or singing these hymns to each other instead of regular conversation? I think it stands for something else. I think it stands for worship. When we talk, when we walk about our daily lives, when we interact with people, how we live is in worship to God. It's not just vocally towards other people, but it's also mentally in our mind, how we speak to ourselves, how we think in our own minds about our own lives, things that we may never say to someone else, but the things and the patterns that we think in. Sing and make music in your heart. Our words to other people and outwardly and thoughts inwardly display our worship. Is your life full of worship? Is your life full of praise? That's a tough question I've been asking myself. How often do I find myself in the day thinking of the blessings of God and, rather than just the problems that I have to face or the issues that I have to address? Our words and our thoughts display our worship. If our minds aren't on Christ, we are worshiping something else possibly. So speak to other people as if you're singing praises to God. Sing and make music in your heart as if you're praising to God. Our speech and our thoughts reflect our worship. Always give thanks to God for everything. Give thanks is is the word Eucharist, Eucharisto, which is where we get the, the word for the Lord's Supper, communion, Holy Communion. It's kind of like benediction, actually. Benediction is good saying. Eucharisto, you is good, and cariso is grace. Giving good grace towards God, thankfulness towards God. Always giving thanks to God for everything. Now, he's going to use a little trick here, a little preposition trick, upon everything. I mean, that's how you say it in the language, but giving thanks upon God, upon everything, in all circumstances, the NIV translates. But we could translate this as, give good graces always over everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, not just be thankful for the things that God gives us, but in the midst of all our circumstances, we can give thanks to God, not because we enjoy the circumstances. They may be bad, but we can always give thanks in worship despite what's happening because if we're aware of how we live and we're aware of the situations that we're in and we are wise because of the gospel, we see that there's always hope. We have the opportunity to make a difference. So don't be foolish. Don't be cloudy in mind or or drunk on your own life. Be filled with the Spirit and speak well to people as if you're worshiping God, Remember in your mind that God has done something incredible for you through Christ. And so always, in every situation, no matter what you find yourself in, we have the opportunity to worship and give thanks. Our words and our thoughts display our worship for everything. Lastly, our actions reveal our hope. How we live reveals what we hope in. If we're chasing something, it reveals our hope is in that achievement. If we say things or do things a certain way that are maybe off-putting to other people, Maybe it shows that we're trying to manipulate them or try to take advantage of them. Whatever it is, assess. Assess your life. I have to assess my life. It helps to have someone in your life that catches you and says, you know when you said that, that really hurt my feelings. Or when you, really, when you did that, it looked like you were trying to do this and I don't think that you meant to do that or you want to do that. Our actions reveal our hope. Now, I said, he says, give thanks over everything. As if, you know, we, we could say, say a blessing over the food, right? We can say, use that type of preposition. We're over it. But in verse 21, he says, submit under. See the flip side of this. Submit. Rank yourself underneath. Subject even. This is a terrible word for, for, for the modern thinker in the West, I deserve. People should submit to me. I want to be a boss. I want to be the person in charge. I don't want to put myself willingly under someone else. Why would I do that if I can be in control? When we're grateful for everything and we give a good grace or thanksgiving over something That God has blessed us with. We're willing to submit. Why would we ever wish to submit to anyone or anything in this world? And it says right here in the text, our actions reveal our hope. If your hope is in the good graces that God has shown you through the gospel, if God has made you wise through what he's done through Christ, we are willing to be submitted unto other under, under people. And what that ultimately looks like is service. Submitting to one another out of reverence. Reverence to them? No, because most people that we submit to aren't worthy of reverence. They're not worthy of worship. In the same way that the Romans weren't worthy of Jesus to, for him to submit to them. He didn't do it because they were good. He did it because of his mission. He knew that the best thing he could possibly do for the Romans was not to get back to them but to submit and die. That sounds totally opposite of what and how you and I plan our lives. Submit to one another out of reverence. Now that's not just to the outsider or to the evil boss or the, the uh, Annoying family member or the person that is in your life that you is, that's causing you trouble. It's not just submit to them and let them steamroll over you, but it's to be building off of what he says earlier. Be watchful how you live. Be wise. Don't be foolish. Don't waste the opportunity. If you can serve them somehow, you might be able to change their minds in terms of what they worship submit to one another out of reverence. But it's not just about the outsider, it's also about each other in this room, fellow believers, that we submit to one another, that we serve each other, even when it's hard We don't try to rank and file above other people, our friends, the people that we call our brothers and sisters, but we subject ourselves to them and they subject themselves to us in order to serve, in order to bless. It's always based not on what the right thing to do is, but what God has done for us. We cannot serve other people unless we have a great awareness of how God has served us. What God has done for us is what He's calling us to do for other people. That is the Lord's will, not on our own power. That's just like getting drunk on our own egos and our own minds and our own ability to say, I'm going to serve that person, but it's really being full of the Spirit, being full of what God has done through the gospel for us that motivates us and gives us the power. Our actions reveal our hope. Do your actions reveal hope in Christ this week? When you look to the future and you think, if this one particular or this thing happened, and it would, it would make everything okay, it would make all of my problems disappear, if that is not Christ, we have a false hope. And the thing is, is that Christ is often not going to make all your problems disappear, but he's going to use that situation to build you, to make you wise to make you more trusting, to make you more like Him. He's going to put you in situations that cost you because He's using you to make a difference. Our actions reveal our hope. A benediction is a well-wish. The Eucharist is a blessing upon something. It's It's a demonstration of great gratitude. I encourage you, as we go our own way, Jenny and I, that this church remembers these words of Paul. Our spiritual mindfulness shows our maturity or immaturity. Our words and thoughts display our worship. What we say and how we think reveals what we truly believe and what we value. Our actions reveal our hope. amen. We're going to take a minute for a personal reflection, and then we're going to say the Apostles' Creed together. Take this time to think about your life. Maybe it's a time of gratitude. Maybe it's a time of confession. Maybe it's a time of self-awareness. God, please show me what it is that you would have me see. Don't worry about the future. Knowing what the future holds, focus on how God is moving you towards a life of Jesus. And we'll stand and say the Apostles' Creed together. So let's take one minute.
1: Please stand and join me in reciting the Apostles' Creed. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy catholic church the communion of saints the forgiveness of sins the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting amen
0: let's pray heavenly father we thank you for the the time that you've given us we pray that in your power we would take advantage of these opportunities and live in a way that's honoring to you god all of us have problems and issues that we face. We pray for these, individual, these individuals here today and myself. Please continue to, to forgive us and love us and care for us and guide us. Give us wisdom, God. We pray that you would lead this church. We pray that you would grow her, that you would build relationships both inside and out, that we would reach other people, but we would also be able to care for each other. God, please guide us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, we pray for the city of Vilnius. We pray that that you would continually have your way. Please bring more people to yourself. Please use our church to reach our community. We pray that people would feel comforted as businesses begin to open up, and we, God, we pray that you would protect people's minds and hearts in the next lockdown that's to come. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, we thank you for what you're doing in the world. We know that we do live in evil times, and we pray for miraculous healing. We pray for justice. I amongst corruption, amongst uh, fighting and division, war and famine and things that, that we all uh, see and some people in the world experience, God. We pray for grace upon them. We pray that you would bring about goodness through Christ, through us in the world. Lord, in your mercy,
3: hear our prayer.
0: Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. But as I was saying at the beginning of the service, it's, it's just been, it's been an honor to know you guys. It's been an honor to, to be here. And I, I will never forget this place. I'll never forget. And so Jenny and I are um, just so thankful for all of you and to be able to just, just to be in a building like this, let alone to, to be able to uh, do this for two years. And some change. At this time, yes, sir. Sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, We are saying goodbye, as Matthew has just said, and we're very grateful. Matthew and Jenny joined us two years ago in the summer, and they came to a church that had been sort of struggling a little bit. You know, having had a so the pastor for a few years, and then a bit of an interim, and then another pastor for a year, and a bit of more of an interim, or quite a long interim actually when you arrived. And they they sooner had they got their feet under the table so to speak than COVID hit and threw everything up in the air and we went virtual and um, yeah, it's been a really tough couple of years I think, and you you've made some very good relationships with people and you've been you've been great and thank you very much for your leadership through this really turbulent time for the church. Um Willie do we have a print? We have a, as usual we give a, a print to so say thank you very much. Um, excellent thank you so thank you Matthew for that. Um, and you know, we will miss you very much. Um, and we wish you well, whatever comes next, back in the States. Um, but I'm sure we'll hear more about your plans when we're there. Although, having heard your sermon just now, you don't have plans. You're living in the moment. So I pray that, <laughs> that, that, that things will go well and you will continue to live wherever God puts you for his glory. Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: At this time, thank you very much, Nick, and and for all of you as well. At this time, we're going to take our offering. Father, we're thankful to be able to take the Lord's Supper, to take your Holy Communion in in remembrance of your body broken for us, your blood shed for us, that we might have eternal life, that we might be with you forever in heaven. We give thanks. And Lord God, we pray that you would move in this moment to encourage us, to remind us to to give us strength as we remember our sins and hope in you. We're thankful for what you're doing here and we pray that this would be a true remembrance of what you've done on the cross and are doing now and in the future. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. If you're with us today, as a guest you're more than welcome to join us in the Eucharist if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of your soul you're more than welcome to join us if not we ask that you uh, pass the elements be bold as you come up here if you are in Christ no matter what you've done no matter what you think that you don't deserve It's all based on the grace and mercy of God. So as you approach here, please don't do so lightly. Do it with confidence, but very mindful that it's based on what Christ has done, not on our great actions of piety. This is juice. It's not wine this time. So if if you feel more comfortable taking that, please do so. I'm going to hold the elements. Um, We ask that you come and take the the wafer into practice intinction. If you would like to dip it into um, the juice, then please do so. If not, uh, take it however you feel comfortable. Asta will play and, and you'll be free to come up whenever you're ready. Amen. Let's pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our last hymn this morning is How Great Thou Art, hymn number eight. If you would stand and sing, please. Receive the Lord's benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.